Back with Vershawn Jackson, sponsored by Wingstop on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. What you've all been waiting for. Two weeks in the making. Adam character live. After a win. Adam, big fella, what's up? Hey man, Monday seems a lot brighter after a W. It it, it seems brighter, but it's, it's still kind of solemn. You know, it's it it's you know, for me, it, it I woke up like, okay, everything's good but we're not out of the woods. Oh, no, we're far from being out of the woods. And to me, if I'm being honest, it's not even about the W. Like, Indiana, and let's be honest, Rutgers coming into this season, uh, I heard multiple people people talk about they're probably the two worst teams in the Big Ten uh, as far as talent, skill, all that wonderful stuff. So, for me, it's not even about the win. Um, For me, it was about how we looked. And the way the defense looked, the way the guys' aggressiveness, and the way they were flying around. like They looked like they wanted to be there, which you couldn't say about everybody for a while. We looked like... I watched the schematics on defense, and we were... And I love Chinander as a person, okay? But as a football coach, wasn't working out. So I would watch us before, and be like, man, we're just very blasé, and you know, we actually, we were coming from right, left, and all of a sudden we're coming and we're dropping. Then we look like we're dropping. It's a delayed blitz. We're doing all these different things. We got a lot more pressure on the quarterback. And yeah, Indiana's not the most talented team on planet Earth. They're without their top two wide receivers. So I'm keeping all that in the back of my mind when I'm, when I'm looking at this game. But I'm getting texts from people throughout the game. Hey, we just look different. The team is playing different. There's an aggressiveness level that is different. That's what kind of gives me reason for hope and optimism going forward and we're certainly not a great football team yet not with the amount of penalties and things of that nature but one thing about those penalties they were aggressive penalties not the smartest penalties but they were aggressive penalties i can live with aggressive penalties while we continue to improve and i can live with how we looked especially compared to how we had looked especially in the previous freaking game and in the previous you know couple of years so for me it's how we looked Yes, a lot of penalties, but we're going to get better as long as we can keep getting better. And even some of the penalties were a little bit over-aggressive in nature, and I don't hate that type of stuff, you know, to a certain degree. Let's be a little bit more smart, a little bit more consistent, but that's what resonates with me, and that's what kind of makes Monday brighter for me, even more so than the W itself. Yeah, definitely the way we played the game. Um, I mean, you got to think, though. When was the last time we, we only gave up? Two third downs, two out of fifteen. What do you attest that to? The fourth quarter, I thought, you know, won the game for us. I thought for the first time in a long time, we looked like the most dominant team in the fourth quarter. Not to mention fifty-two runs. Dude, there's so many things about that game that are different than how we've looked for a long time that get me excited. 
to your point, we played four full quarters. Now, there was ups and downs, even more so than a typical college football game. I And I even tweeted about it during the game. I'd send out one tweet about something positive, boom, something not positive would happen. Then I'd tweet about something frustrating, boom, something positive would happen. I mean, it was... Yeah, I mean, it was one of the more up-and-down, entertaining football games I've seen in a while, actually. Um, but that's part of being where we're at and trying to improve and get better. But we played four full quarters, okay? Mm. And we actually won the second half. We actually dominated the fourth quarter. Indiana, five total yards in the fourth quarter, 71 total yards in the second half. They were 0-4 on third downs in the fourth quarter. They were minus eight rushing yards. Only had one attempted rush. But nonetheless, it was minus eight rushing yards in the fourth quarter. We had the ball for over 11 minutes in the fourth quarter. Not just about how we looked. Not just about the W. But things that we hadn't seen. Okay, so Indiana doesn't score at all in the first quarter. Defense looks pretty solid. We score right off the bat. We kind of hit a lull. Boom. We fumble the ball. They tie the game. And it's, oh, crap. Here we go again. We go up 21-7, then they go right down the field, appear to have things figured out, a couple of passing touchdowns. And even the announcers on TV are like, oh, they got something figured out. And I'm like, well, crap, here we go again. It's almost like the way we've been trained, as much as I personally hate to admit it. But it was like we came out with a good game plan. They counterpunched. And instead of having no counterpunch to their counterpunch, we counterpunched back. And that's how we dominated the second half. And I'm, I'm mostly looking at the defense. The offense did some great things in the fourth quarter. Um, they were a little bit up and down as well. But we saw halftime adjustments. We saw a counterpunch to another team's counterpunch. And to the point where they didn't have a counterpunch to our final counterpunch. And it was mm. just a lot of things that we hadn't seen. And yes, it's Indiana. And yes, we got a long way to go. I'm just, it gives me reason for hope because I saw things I just hadn't seen. Like, I even said it last night on my character live show. Like, for the first time in a couple of years, I, and I didn't want to say it, but it's, it's the thought that was in my head, and sometimes I just speak. And it was like, we look like a Division One Power 5 football team on Saturday with the way that we played for the first time in a while. Mm-hmm. It looked like, we, it looked like we, we played as a brotherhood, too. It looked like yeah. they flew around. It looked like they, they purposely were restraining themselves from – you know, doing some of the showboating stuff that they were doing previous. Looked like it was more of a team effort. I thought they flew around as a defense. Listen, Bill Bush, I mean, you you can't – it goes to tell you how much a coach – how important a coach is. They flew around. They stayed humble. They tackled better in space. I I thought they did, Um, except for the one one run when the guy shook – uh, a couple of our guys and, and, you know, and then we ran them out of bounds. You know, all we got to do is don't stop running, but, but we overcame adversity. Uh, the big fellows up front, I thought for the first time, they actually got movement up front instead of kind of, you know, I call it the dancing bears or the peekaboo style. They went yes. after the quarterback. Yeah. Well, that's kind of what I was talking about. Like, and again, and again, I don't want to overblow this. I'm excited about the changes that I saw, the difference that I saw. Uh, we're clearly not a great football team when you look at all the errors and inconsistencies and penalties and things of that nature. And I'm looking at, hey, we could get a win on Friday. We're only like a one-point favorite versus Rutgers. Short week, on the road, going to be a challenge uh, to a degree, hopefully not too much of a degree, but we'll see. You know, we're back at 500 at that point. All of a sudden, the bowl game, you know, maybe it's not out of the question. Whereas a week ago, I'd have been like, okay, 
you know, you're kind of crazy if you're bringing up a bowl game at one and three the way we had looked. You know, and I know people are bringing up the Big Ten West, and it is crazy. It, it's mostly because of how bad the Big Ten West is, not because of how great the Huskers are all of a sudden going to become, but we can improve throughout the year, and who knows what the heck will happen. I mean, Purdue, in my opinion, looks like the best team in the Big Ten West, uh, beating Minnesota on the road. And then Penn State, they play them down to the wire. Penn State looks like a pretty good football team. So who knows? The West is wide open, but we'll see what happens. You know, um, you make a great point. It seemed more like a team atmosphere. It seemed like guys who wanted to be there. And, you know, I had noticed the past couple of press conferences, Mickey Joseph talking about giving young guys an opportunity, young guys a chance. And I kind of took that as, hey, these guys hadn't given an opportunity, been given an opportunity before. Maybe they were being overlooked. And so I was like, all right, who are some of these young guys going to be? And you look at Hartsock. You know, he gets his first start, a freshman out of Mississippi, you know, and then he returns the block pump for a touchdown. You know, this is a guy who may not have seen the field before. So just little things like that really start to add up, as you know. Well, and and in Butler, number 10. Yes. He, yeah. he made a good a great play on the ball. He had some good he had some good burn and I thought it was good. You know, I was you know who I was rather I was very, very happy to see wake up. Robinson. Ooh. Robinson. Robinson. I, I, I thought I thought he woke up a little bit more. He's waking up, you know, that the monster that because his body type to me is like yours. When I see when I see him, I see you, and I'm like, kind of the same body type. Not might not be as strong and not the same motor, but could a could he could he get there? Absolutely. So he's and the fact uh, that he got involved. I, I think it's the one guy it, on the defense. Huh? Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. I don't want to say he's the one guy on the defense with an NFL NFL body, but he's the one guy on the defense that I look at and it just screams NFL body. Uh, on, on, the, yeah. on the front, anyways, at the moment. And, again, not that there's other guys that don't have NFL potential futures, but when I look at him, I'm like, this guy's an NFL body right now. Uh, how are we not getting more out of this guy? And so, and he's by far our most experienced defensive lineman because they're classifying, you know, get Nelson and those other guys as edge rushers. And so, to me, it was kind of like, man, you know, I had him on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he, he was honest. He's like, we're not playing good. We're not doing well enough, you know, and him and I kind of chatted about what to do better, how they can do it better. He's got all the answers. Like, his answers are like, yep, yep, you've clearly been told. How do we get it out of you? And so, to me, you know, one of the things I noticed watching the defense that drove me nuts the first four games is we constantly looked like we were lined up right most of the time. Uh, and about a good portion of the time, we weren't sure if we were lined up right, and we were still lining up as the ball was being snapped at times. You know, on Saturday, and they talked about simplifying things. On Saturday, we were lined up. I can hardly think of a play, you know, a fairly up-tempo offense where we weren't lined up properly, and maybe there's one or two I missed, but I don't remember any. And then the guys were flying around. So I forget who said it. Somebody was like, you know, you simplify the defense, you have athletes, and you let athletes be athletes, be athletic and play fast. And I felt like that's what happened um, mm. on the defensive side of the ball. And Robinson, maybe maybe there was just a lot of thinking going on, he said before, because that can make a fast player play slow. It can make a strong player play weak if you're busy thinking between the ears the entire time. I don't know. Maybe, mm. that's, maybe he was one of those guys being affected by something like that. Yeah, read and react, assignment, alignment. Uh, you know, we talked about that. 
being able to tackle in, in space, understanding what you're doing, and then raising the emotion level. I thought when we when we, when we had the, those guys got they got so fired up in the fourth quarter that they starting to understand that that's what we do, regardless. We win, lose, or draw in the fourth quarter. Every Husker team has had that heart to fight you even worse now that we're in the fourth quarter, especially at home. Anytime, but I'm saying, especially in your own backyard, you want to, you know, you want to throw your best shots and give somebody your best shot. Who would you give your, um, and, and listen, I know it might be hard. So if you need to take two, who would be your defensive player of the game? Was it Reimer that had the interception? I believe it was Reimer. Is that correct? Oh, yes. Reimer. Yeah. To me, it would be Reimer and probably Nelson. Um, I know Sean Mathis has taken a little bit of heat this year, and he's getting a little bit overlooked for Saturday, but he had three quarterback pressures. He had actually, uh, him and Nelson had the most amount of quarterback pressures, but Nelson had the two sacks. So probably uh, Nelson and Reimer. But, you know, I, I, had, I had a D-line coach in D.C. who used to say, how many offensive plays they run a game? That was Coach Bernie's voice. How many offensive plays they run a game? I was like, I don't know, probably like 60, 70. How many passes? 35, 40. So if you get like four sacks a game, that's pretty good, right? I'm like, yeah, because I, I was getting frustrated with some things. He goes, what about a tip pass? What about knocking him on his butt? What about a quarterback pressure? Four sacks a game ain't nothing unless you got about 10 to 12 quarterback pressures, you know? And that's always mm -hmm. stuck with me. There's so many other ways to affect a pass beyond just a sack. So Nelson had the two sacks. He also had the additional quarterback pressure. O'Shawn was getting back there. Uh, as well at times, uh, but probably to me, it'd probably be Nelson and Reimer. Hey, you know, you remember the time when, when, when the ball, because to, to your, to your, to O'Shawn Mathis. Okay. So, uh, uh, Caleb Tanner, I don't, did, did they call that an interception or no? Caleb Tanner's. I don't remember. If they uh, it, I don't remember Caleb Tanner's. I just remember Reimer's. Okay. So it, it was kind of some of the same, same thing. He tipped it, saw if he got his hand underneath. I thought he, I thought they gave it to us. If I'm not mistaken, I thought they gave it to us. They didn't. It, all it was run. incomplete. They didn't. Okay. But on that play, Osar Mathis had enough awareness, he tipped the ball. That's why that ball came out jacked up. When I went back and watched the tape, I was like, oh, wow. He's got enough awareness to know, hey, I can get in and disrupt this play in more than just sacking the quarterback to what you're saying. Exactly. And – you know, I'm sure everyone remembers Sue, of course. You know, he obviously had a, a lot of sacks and quarterback hits and whatnot, but he used to have this insane knack. And he's not the tallest D tackle in the world. He had this insane knack for batting passes. J.J. Watt has mm -hmm. the same incredible knack for it. It's, it's, it's actually impressive. Uh, if I'm being honest, it's something I, I lacked. I maybe had one batted ball my entire post-high school career. Uh, I don't know. I For being a tall guy, I never had many batted balls. I was always too busy trying to hit somebody in the mouth. Maybe I needed more <laughs> mental awareness. Um, you know, but that's something that it, not only can it affect that pass, but it, it affects the quarterback. Because now he's thinking, I got to see around this big, tall guy in front of me. And, you know, what if he gets batted and it's a pick? You know, being a former high school quarterback, I can speak to that. So it's one of those things. Everything, every hit, every pressure, every guy in his face adds up over the course of a game in a quarterback's mind. Defensive line, what kind of grade would you give them? Um, you know, for me, it was you know it was interesting. I saw I've never been big on post post game grades from a uh, show perspective, a show host perspective. I think because everybody does them, 
Um, so I kind of let everybody else do them. But I actually did them this week on my character live show for the first time. And part of the reason I did it was I saw a lot of other folks' grades. And I felt like the offense was a little bit overgraded. Like, I saw a lot of Bs for the offense. Um, and again, the offense did some good things. But, like, I think when you look at Anthony Grant uh, off the top of my head, I think he had, like, 32 carries for 136 yards. So that seems misleading. And we ran the ball 52 times, but we didn't even average three yards a carry. So I was like, well, how, how are they, all these people giving the run game a BB minus? I think Anthony Grant kind of skews things. But then I would see, like, a lot of Cs for the defense. And I was like, man, the defense only gave up 14 points. The offense gave up seven by themselves. You know, so for me, I, I actually have higher grades for the defense. Maybe I'm biased. I don't know. Um, so for me, the defense as a whole, uh, I gave a B. There was some passing plays they had on us, a couple of lengthier drives. You know, we were able to answer and bounce back, but we shut them down in the second half. You know, for me, I'd probably give them a, a B minus to a B. Um, getting pressure on the quarterback, they averaged under three yards a carry. Only gave up two scores defensively from a Huskers perspective. I thought the D-line played much better. We can still get better. And I thought the defense really, really played really well. Yeah, I, 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 I'm in agreement to that. I thought that the defensive backs, I thought they played, they played, a, they played a lot of man, which I was impressed with. You know, the fact that you can, you, you, you do that, you, you give the defensive line a little bit more time to get to the quarterback when you can play man and you can really pressure guys and not let them either get off the ball or catch the ball either or. Um, uh, when I look at player of the game as far as defensively. Man, it, I, it it was hard for me to just give it to one. I mean, the the true freshman or the freshman came into the game, the, the defensive back, Harsgov, and I thought, you know, for his size, they I thought they were going to pick on him. I thought for sure, you know, you go after the guy that is the new guy, he's a smaller guy, but they really didn't they, – they picked on him at, in a little bit in spots, but not that much. And the fact that he picked that ball up, had the awareness – you need guys who have football IQ out there. Defensively. I thought Reimer flew around. It was I think what I saw out of Reimer was the reason why he was preseason All-American or, or on the watch list. Because he flew around and he did some pretty good things just in space that I liked a lot. Um, the defensive line, uh, I mean, what can you say about Nelson? The motor. That's the motor, man. That's the bloodline. That's the let me get it done. You know, I'm not going to stop and be relentless to victory. I, I, the, the fact that he does that, like I said, when you get all 11 coming up black shirts to play like Nelson, that's when they get their black shirts back because that's when they'll truly understand what it means to be a black shirt. How about special teams? You know, I – you know, a lot of it had to do with the block punt. Um, but I gave him an A. I did. Uh, the first block punt, you know, we've taken into the house for a touchdown in 13 years. Baylor 2009 was the last time that happened. Um, you know, and I think that, and I forget what the exact number is, but I'll never forget as a player, maybe you probably had this as well. I had the special teams coordinator sitting in these special teams meetings, and he's like, if you get a punt return, a kick return, or especially a block punt or a block field goal return for a touchdown, it's such a momentum changer. It's such a shift. A lot of times in points, especially if they were going to score and then you can block a field goal, for example, and take it in for points yourself. It's such a swing of points and momentum. 
the odds of winning the game, 88%, you know, is stuck in my mind. I don't know if that's accurate. But I felt like that block punt was huge because not long before that, we had just had the fumble in our end zone that they recovered for a touchdown. And it was kind of like, oh, boy, here we go again type feeling. And that block punt, I felt like changed everything. It changed the outlook, the momentum, everything of the game going forward. Um, and I know they were able to tie it once we got up by two scores. They tied it at 21 again. But I always felt like, for me, it was just like, okay, when are we going to score, take the lead, and then when are we going to put them away? And I didn't really have that feeling until the block punt happened. Because, again, when's the last time we've seen something like that on special teams? Well, I just answered that. But it's been so infrequent and so rare. To me, when you start to see things that you haven't seen, regardless of a WRL, it changes your outlook. And when you actually special teams becomes a positive instead of a gigantic gaping hole of negativity every game, it changes how you look at the rest of the game. So to me, I gave special teams an A, and I felt like that block pump for a touchdown changed the outlook and the momentum of the entire game for the rest of the game. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. And I want to throw in, I thought on our punt returns, we actually had some returns. We're four for 48, you know. You know, yeah. if they're kicking it and, and, and that to me, they're kicking it and you catching it at the at your or their our forty five, and you're getting to their forty five. It's changing the feel. It's changing the mindset. You know, and like I said, special teams, special teams, special teams, special players make special plays on special teams, and that's what they did. And I look, look, my hat goes off to, um, oh gosh, Isaac Gifford, man. Thought he played. I thought he played lights out. You got a time for another segment? Yeah, let's do it. All right. We'll be right back with more Adam Carricker. It's the captain. 93.7. Let's take it.